The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, your Son, Jesus Christ, is our true Sabbath rest. Help us to keep each day holy by receiving his word of comfort, that we may find our rest in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This is the word of our Lord. We continue with the gradual. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. On your wondrous works I will meditate. At this time, I invite all of the children, the young disciples, to come forward for the children's message with Miss Menning. Now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. Good morning. Are you that asleep? Good morning. Good morning, it's summer. How are you guys? It's been a few weeks since I've seen some of you. Are you all enjoying your summer? Helping mom clean around the house and dad do chores outside, right? All right, today, Pastor is going to tell us a little bit more about the third commandment. Does anyone know what the third commandment is? Anyone remember the third commandment? Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. How many of you have an iPod or a Kindle or an iPad or something like that at home? You do? Okay. What happens when you use it a lot and then you can't find the charger? What happens to it? It dies, that's right, Andon. It, it doesn't work anymore. The battery has completely drained, right? That's, 
That's right, it turns off and it doesn't turn back on. Yep, you, they know, they've got it. So let's talk about how that is kind of like us. Whenever we work or we play during the week, we get tired, right? And God tells us in the third commandment, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And that means that we all come to church, right? Look at everybody out there. They're honoring the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. But we also learn in our small catechism that that means something more than just coming to church on Sunday. We need to recharge our batteries. God built us that way on purpose. He made us special, and he knew that we would need to recharge our batteries. So we come to church on Sunday, and we worship all together. But what we learn in the small catechism is that also means every day we should be praying, talking to God, and we should be reading our Bibles and learning more about him. So keeping the Sabbath day holy isn't just about coming to church on Sunday. It is about keeping God in our life every single day. Um, I made you all something that you can take home with you as a reminder to every day be praying and be in the Word. So today's what day? Sunday. And you guys are all here with me at church, and it says Sunday is a special day to rest, rejoice, and be refueled. But tomorrow, we're going to move it to Monday, and you're going to remember to do what? Keenan? Do what? Okay, to learn more about God's word and to do what else? Writer? Pray. And then we're going to move it to Tuesday. And what do we do on Tuesday? We're going to be sure that we read God's word. Maybe our family reads it to us and we pray. And then we get to Saturday and we're kind of empty and tired. And guess what? We come back to church on Sunday. Okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and we'll all pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for uh, the fact that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. And we thank you for uh, the recharge that you give us every time that we are in your word and praying with you and among our brothers and sisters here at church. Lord, we love you so much. And in Jesus' name, we all pray together. Amen. The second reading for the second Sunday after Pentecost comes from Psalm 81, verses 1 through 10. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout out loud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the tambourine. Play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon, and when the moon is full on the day of our feast, this is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. He established it as a statute for Joseph when he went out against Egypt. Where, he, where we heard a language we did not understand. 
He says, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress you called, and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will warn you. If you would but listen to me, O Israel, you shall have no foreign god among you. You shall not bow down to an alien god. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Another time he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians, how they might kill Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord.
<clears throat> please be seated. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are going to be talking about that one commandment that we all know is there, but sometimes we just sort of like to sweep it under the rug and not really worry about it too much. That if we break that commandment, well, it's not, it's not as bad as the other ones. It's the one that in this pastor's, uh, that in this pastor's opinion is probably the one that is broken of the ten the most often. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, says the third commandment. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Some background on this commandment and sort of the context for it is a little bit important at this point. The word Sabbath literally means to rest, and that's going to become important a little bit later on. To actually cease from labor. To cease from labor. To not work. The Jews were required by God to rest on the seventh day, to abstain from hard work and then to rest so that both man and animals might be able to be rejuvenated and refreshed so as not to be exhausted from their constant work. For us today, as Christians, the Sabbath day can be really any day. But you have to rest on that day. And for some of us, I know that that's really, really hard. We take a lot of pride in the fact that we are workaholics. And we just work and work and work and work and work. And that is where perhaps we might think that our identity is, is found. And yeah, we, I have about two to three hours to give on Sunday morning and then I've got to go right back to work. But the word, but the word Sabbath, as we said, literally means to rest. This commandment has less to do with weekly church attendance and more to do with rest. Specifically, authentic rest. You and I cannot work 365 days out of a year. We can't. We simply cannot do it. At least, we can't do it and live the life that God has called us to according to this commandment. It is impossible. We must rest, and therefore God has commanded us to rest. Not if you feel like it. Not if you have time. He has commanded you, He has told you, go and rest. It never ceases to amaze me. God created the entire world. 
everything that we have, and the God of the cosmos rested. If God rested, what makes you think that you don't need it? Seriously, ask yourself that question. If the God of the cosmos rested from his labor, ceased to work, what makes you think that you don't need it? Specifically, authentic rest. And so, what is authentic rest? Well, let's start by explaining some of the things that authentic rest is not. Authentic rest is not leaving here and then going to mow your lawn. How many of you were planning on that? Come on. Come on. (laughs) Walt was. Thank you, Walt. Thank you. Yeah. Authentic rest is not catching up on projects around the house seven days a week. Authentic rest is not going to another football game or baseball game or soccer game that our kids have. Authentic rest is not skipping out on church and sleeping in on Sunday morning when you've spent the entire week working your bones off. Whether it's Sunday morning or some other time. So, what then is authentic rest? First, we we must learn, or perhaps for Many of us learn again the definition of that word holy. On the back of your bulletin, I have put some quotes from Luther. I want you to follow along with me. Let's learn again, or learn for the first time, the definition of that word holy. Remember, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Hear Luther on what it means to sanctify the holy day. He says this, What is meant by keeping it holy? Nothing else than to devote it to holy words, holy works, holy life. In itself, the day needs no sanctification, for it was created holy. But God wants it to be holy to you. So it becomes holy or unholy on your account according as you spend the day in doing holy or unholy things. How does this sanctifying take place? Not when we sit behind the stove and refrain from external work or deck ourselves with garlands and dress up in our best clothes, but, as has been said, when we occupy ourselves with God's Word and exercise ourselves in it. So does it involve going to church? Yeah, it probably does. Because it is in church that we hear the Word of God. We speak it. We sing it with our lips. And we literally ingest it with our stomachs. We find rest in hearing the words of Jesus. Words sometimes in which he actually said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. If we would just do it. Come unto me, he says, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But it's more than just going to church. It's actually taking physical rest for you and your families, 
and then occupying that time of physical rest with God's Word. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go home right now and read your Bible for the rest of the day until midnight. I'm not saying that. I mean, you can if you want to. Because there are other holy things, other God-pleasing things that fall under the definition of authentic rest. Things like this. If you're married, spend the day with your spouse. Work on your relationship. I don't care how many years that you've been married. Increase your relationship with one another. Go to a movie. Go go do something together where your relationship that God has ordained and given, and then increase that relationship. Things like going to visit your family whom you haven't seen in a long time and spending your time increasing your relationship with them. Another God-pleasing thing. Things like taking your family to something that isn't another soccer game or football game or baseball game or basketball game. And spending valuable time together where your kids see how much their dad loves their mom. And where your kids can see how much their mom loves her husband. Again, that falls underneath the category of authentic rest. Things like going to one of our area nursing homes and sitting with our shut-ins and visiting with them. If you want to know who those folks are, come and, and find me. I have the list, and trust me, every single one of them would love to see you and to visit with you. And you will find authentic rest. Things like taking time for yourself to read God's Word, to pray, and to get rejuvenated for the week ahead. All of these things are holy. All of these things give us authentic rest. All are in line with God's Word and what He teaches us to do. Specifically, to keep this commandment. Does that mean that that you can't mow your lawn on Sundays? No, that's not what that means, Walt. But what it does mean is is that there is one day, one day, out of a seven-day week where you rest because God did. And remember why he gives us the commandments. He doesn't give them to us as weights over our neck. He doesn't give them to us as burdens, even though we sometimes see them as such. He gives them to us as gifts. If your employer came to you tomorrow and said, you get six weeks free paid vacation and you don't have to do anything about it, all of you would would be like, okay, I'm leaving tomorrow. God is giving you a day to rest because he knows that you need it, because he knows how this life works. We can get so busy and wrapped up doing everything else, all of those things that I just mentioned and many, many more. It's not bad to go to your kids' games. My kids got one in two weeks. 
two in one week. It's, I'm not saying that that's bad. What I am saying is that there has got to be one day for you as an individual, for you as a family, to find authentic rest. Why the commandment is important. Again, go back to the back cover of your bulletin. Luther nails it on the head for why this commandment is so important. And may we heed his warning. Let me tell you this. By the way, in the German, I'm sure that that sounds a lot harsher. But (laughs) let me tell you this. Even though you know the word perfectly and have already mastered everything, Still you, are under daily, still, you are daily under the dominion of the devil who neither day or night relaxes his effort to steal upon you unawares and to kindle in your heart unbelief and wicked thoughts against all these commandments. Therefore, you must continually keep God's word in your heart, on your lips, and in your ears. For where the heart stands idle and the word is not heard, The devil breaks in and does his damage before we realize it. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I don't care. You've heard me say it a million times. The devil never sleeps. He never stops. Therefore, he says you must continually keep God's word in your heart, on your lips, and in your ears. Going on. On the other hand, he says, when we seriously ponder the word, hear it, and put it to use... Such is its power that it never departs without fruit. It always awakens new understanding, new pleasure, a new spirit of devotion, and it constantly cleanses the heart and its meditations. For these words are not idle or dead, but effective in living. Even if no other interest or need drove us to the word, yet everyone should be spurred on by the realization that in this way the devil is cast out and put to flight. This commandment is fulfilled and God is more pleased than by any work of of hypocrisy, however brilliant. Let me summarize that. Don't take the word of God for granted. Hear it and ponder it. Put it on your lips and put it to use because it never leaves without, it never leaves you without affecting change. Change for your good as a child of God because the Word of God can only do one thing it blesses you every single time that you hear it that it's in your heart, that you speak it. It will only give you the kind of rest that is truly authentic rest. Hearing that your sins have been forgiven by Christ, that you are free to live as a child of God, free to live in the blessings of His Word, that every single day that you wake up, you have a fresh start, a new day. It's authentic rest, folks. Naps are great. I love them. I take one every opportunity that I can get. 
But God's word never comes back empty. And it never comes back void. The gospel, the good news about Jesus, that he came and was crucified and now lives again for you and for me, that news never gets old. And it never comes back empty. And so may we all find authentic rest in this commandment. May we heed its call to our lives because, well, God has commanded it. It's not a choice. It's something that our Heavenly Father gives to us as His children as a gift. From Luke chapter 11, these are Jesus' words. Blessed are they who hear the Word of God and keep it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By the way, if any of you see Walt mowing his lawn, just leave him alone. He's fine. It's fine. Please stand. Walt, you are never going to mow your lawn on Sundays again. I'm sorry. (laughs) Ah, here we go. We now recite together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed, as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out the red sign-in book that is in your pew. Those who receive it on the window sides, please send it back to the aisles. And aisles, please tear off the top sheet and set it on the top of the book so so the elders after worship can come and pick them up. We collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meets during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is The Battleground of Time. Guest speaker, Reverend Dale A. Meyer. Military personnel know what is the meaning to be on the front lines in combat. This message is about a battleground where we're between opposing forces and could easily lose our life. The Battleground of Time. Remembering our seasoned saints for this week is Alice Helmkamp, Bonnie Worm, Eldred Hawley, Ernest Shane, Florence Towers, Janice Meyer, 
Louita Oftenbrink, Marjorie Harris, Norma Kaiser, Pearl Lampy, Robert Sinniger, and Wayne Fritz. Our families of the week are the Brian George family, the Scott George family, Alex Grace family, David Ray's family, Jacob Graves family, Dan Haynes family, Doug Hansen, Luke Hansen family, Stan Hansen family, Stacy Harrison family, the Mike Harmon family, and the Robert Harris family. We will now rejoin the congregation in the celebration of Holy Communion. In our prayers this morning, we want to remember several people. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Landreth Worm, <clears throat> Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Alice Helmkamp, Bob Yelinek, Mark Fellwalk, Ashley Kruger, Eldon Nelson, Edith Harmon, Gary Magruder, Billy Voskamp, and Thelma Barnes. Also for Harold and Marjane Clanton as they celebrate 43 years of marriage on June the 5th. We go to our, oh, and also for Hannah Bennett, for Dane Menning, Dallas, and Donald Kleibaker as they go on their FFA trip to Washington. We go to our Lord in prayer. <clears throat> the Lord provides for his people a place of rest in his Son, Jesus Christ. Let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life into his loving hands. Holy Father, remember your church throughout all the world and give to your baptized children a rich share in your light and in your peace. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, to your kindness and care we commend all public servants and all who bear positions of public service in our land. Make them a blessing of ours and prosper them in every good deed. Lord, in your mercy. 
Heavenly Father, in the gift of Sabbath to your ancient people, you taught them that all that that all they ha- that all they have is let's see. You taught them all uh, that they share in the goodness of your creation. Remember, remember all who struggled to find employment, to get out of debt, to provide for their loved ones. Open the hearts of all that we may share with one another in your rich bounty and be delivered from all greed and selfish care. Lord, in your mercy, remember in your love all those who are afflicted in any way, that they may not be crushed, the perplexed that they may not despair, the persecuted that they may not be forsaken. We especially commend to you all who have been asked to all who have been asked to remember at this altar, especially those on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts. <clears throat> Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for Hannah, for Dane, for Dallas, and Donald, and for all who are going on the trip to Washington. We pray, Lord, that you would grant them safety. Lord, that you would increase in them their knowledge of their vocation. And Lord, that, they, that your light would shine in them always. Lord, in your mercy. <clears throat> Father of glory, your Son revealed himself as the Lord of love. He sets before his own a rich feast in which he still touches us and heals us and does us good, inviting us to receive the very ransom price of our salvation, his true body and blood. Help all who come to hear, help all who come to the altar today to rest in his promises and to revel in his love. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. For Marjean and Harold, we ask that your love would increasingly shine in their lives together. In the days ahead, may they always grow in love and unity with one another. Lord, also for those who are celebrating birthdays this week, Shower them with peace and happiness on this special day, and may that divine peace and happiness follow them the rest of their lives. Lord, in your mercy, source of all being and life, receive our grateful praise for all those who died trusting in the Savior's mercy and so live in him forevermore. As we await the day of the resurrection, when the Spirit will cause the life of Jesus to be fully manifested in our mortal bodies. Fill us with hope and joyful expectation. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And so, people of the Lord, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we pray together the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom be thy will be done on earth as it is Give us this day our bread, and forgive us our The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior, from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may the Savior's body and blood strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Dietary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.christatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane. A very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. Thank you for coming here to worship with us, and we pray that your time here was a blessed one. Uh, I do not have any closing announcements, uh, so I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week ahead. And get rest.